From the classroom to the cornfield, journalism to SEC athletics, the University of Missouri works 52 weeks a year, every year. This is Inside Mizzou, real stories, real discoveries, and real impact of the Mizzou community. Today's episode is called Drought. We've all been feeling it in Columbia. The high heat, the lack of rain. This past April was our driest April since record-keeping began 129 years ago. But Columbia's drought is just a fraction of the problem. With nearly 95% of the state abnormally dry and over 30 counties experiencing extreme drought, we've got to ask, what does all this talk about drought mean to Missouri? Joining Chancellor Cartwright today are Dr. Bob Sharp, professor in the Division of Plant Sciences and director of the Interdisciplinary Plant Group, and Shannon King, a doctoral student in biochemistry working under Drs. Scott Peck, biochemistry, Felix Fritchie, plant sciences, and Bob Sharp. Thank you all for being here. Bob, I want to start with you and what we already know about drought. How do we begin to understand it and study its impact on the environment? Well, drought is an extremely complex problem to study. Uh, it penetrates all aspects of our lives, uh, from our own backyards. Uh, we're beginning to see the effects of that uh, this year um, through the effect on crop production in farmers' fields and uh, associated effects on uh, feed availability for livestock, for example, and ultimately on food and water supplies for uh, the population and on the economy. Drought is, in fact, recognised as the most important limiting factor for crop production uh, worldwide, um, as well as in the US and in the Midwest. And uh, so our focus uh, as plant scientists is on uh, how drought impacts uh, crop uh, growth and development. In my own research program, I'm particularly interested in the effects of drought on root development in plants. Roots, of course, are the part of the plant um, that takes up water from the soil, and so roots are critically important to help plants continue to grow and thrive and ultimately survive under drought conditions. But because roots are underground, and also because root systems are extremely complex, um, they've received relatively less research attention and, and remain quite poorly understood. To illustrate what I mean by their complexity, uh, while a mature corn plant may have 20 or so leaves, it will have hundreds of thousands of roots, and those roots extend, some of them, as far as six feet or more into the soil. So that complexity represents a formidable research challenge uh, to us as plant scientists. And so we're fortunate at the University of Missouri to have uh, specialised plant growth facilities. Uh, these include controlled environment plant growth chambers that uh, allow us to study in a very uh, controlled way on, in a lab setting, also through state-of-the-art greenhouses and extending to the field. And um, particularly important is the development of a new plant growth facility complex um, on the East Campus that includes uh, specialised uh, height extended um, growth chambers and greenhouses that allow us to study both tall plants, the shoots themselves, for example, like corn or switchgrass, but also allows us to study uh, deep root systems uh, of plants growing under controlled environment facilities. And so uh, we're very fortunate, uh, both our own program and also the plant science community across campus is very fortunate to have this uh, new facility under development, which is uh, planned to open next spring. 
And our, our studies also extend to the real-world drought environment in the field, and we have an excellent network of uh, field facilities associated with the uh, University of Missouri. And uh, particularly for the drought studies, take advantage of the so-called rain-out shelters that my colleague, uh, Dr. Felix Fritchie, uh, established a few years ago and that Shannon utilizes in her research, and she can tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, Shannon is being a part as the interdisciplinary plant group you're studying this very interesting concept that I mean, when I was reading it over, I really want to learn more about, about how to develop drought-tolerant corn. So can you tell us like a little bit more about developing that sort of technology or just diving more into that theme? Yeah, so um, like uh, Bob mentioned that we have um, really great facilities here at Mizzou. We can look at things on both a lab and field scale. Um, so I, my particular part of our project is looking at the at the field aspect of the the corn out in, in the field. Um, I have a great group of uh, research specialists and grad students and postdocs that look at the lab side, um, but especially during the summer, we're looking out in the field on how corn can respond to drought in the field. So at Bradford Research Center, we have what we call rainout shelters. They're um, about 60 by 50 uh, mobile greenhouses on tracks that have the ability to deploy over top of my field whenever it rains. Because as you know, some years in Missouri are dry, some years are extremely wet, and I've been here for both. <laughs> and so these rainout shelters really provide us the opportunity to research drought regardless of what's happening outside. Because this year it's a drought, uh, last year was pretty wet, but I was still able to get some samples understanding how drought occurs in Missouri and can study that for looking at the different changes inside these roots that are allowing them to keep growing, and then we can compare that to results found in the lab by my colleagues. So Bob, and, and you also mentioned this also about the importance of rainout shelters, but how do the Bradford Research Center's rainout shelters help you study the effects of drought here in mid-Missouri? Um, so, like I said, sometimes it rains, um, and that will ruin a drought experiment if it gets on the corn, you know, because we're trying to stress these plants out. And so this greenhouse is able, a mobile greenhouse essentially, can move over top of the field whenever it rains. So it protects my field from the drought so I can impose a drought on these plants. Um, it prevents them from getting any moisture unless I specifically apply it. So I do apply moisture to some plants uh, to allow to compare them between what is normally happening under a non-drought year uh, to plants that are actually being experienced to drought. To follow up on that, um, I already mentioned drought is obviously a very complex problem. That's particularly true here in the Midwest. Um, so some drought environments are more predictable, uh, where a drought would proceed progressively throughout a season. In Missouri, that is certainly not the case, um, as we are experiencing a severe drought at the moment, but there may be um, a substantial thunderstorm occurs, and uh, as Shannon said, that, that can ruin her experiments. And so <laughs> it makes, it makes uh, studying drought in Missouri uh, challenging, but it's important to study it in Missouri because of our particular soil types and um, disease pressures that are specific to our particular environments uh, here in the state. And so instead of doing our work in Arizona or Chile or, or something like that, it's important that we conduct our drought studies in the field in Missouri. But to do that, because of the complexity of our climate, the rainout shelters really uh, facilitate efficiency of research. I mean, Shannon and, uh, other, and many others can conduct their research somewhat more reliably than we would be able to do otherwise. Yeah, the, the great thing about these rainout shelters is that I plant my corn straight into the Missouri soil with a tractor similar to what, what a farmer would use. Really, the only difference between how I'm 
planting my field and growing my field is that there's a giant shed over top of my field whenever it rains. And we pull the shed off whenever uh, it's not raining so the corn can get sun and they're planted in 30 inch rows. And then I just dig up my plants to do extensive research on them. But other than that, they're planted right into the Missouri soil so we can understand how drought is affecting plants here. Well, this is a topic that I am really not familiar with, uh, but Chancellor Cartwright, I kind of want to hear about your thoughts. Do you have any personal experiences with drought? And kind of a, a two-parter question to this, do you think uh, drought has a unique impact on the Midwest? Well, uh, I don't have any personal experience other than the fact that my in-laws have been in farming for many years, and so I've been married for over 30 years now, and uh, my wife and I have always paid attention to the weather uh, because we know the impact that it has on farmers' lives. Uh, it does matter whether you get that one-tenth of an inch of rain or you know, half, uh, half an inch of rain, and when you get it and how that impacts the yield for the year really uh, makes a big difference. Um, and so we've always paid attention to what's happening in the Midwest. We've always been looking at what the weather looks like. Uh, we know how variable it is across the Midwest. We know that different states can be impacted differently. And that, of course, creates a challenge uh, economically for our farmers because uh, there could be some states where there's no drought at all uh, and their yields would be particularly good. And, and of course, the, the overall market is dictated by the quantity of the crop that's being produced overall. So those in the drought region are, are, are particularly suffering. During that 30-plus uh, years, uh, you know, we've had an opportunity to see good years and bad years in, on the family's uh, farm. And we also see the difference that it makes in, in their lives uh, every year. And it's not just the crop production as such, but, but as uh, Dr. Sharp said, it's the fact that those crops aren't being produced has an impact, uh, or, or at least the yield is lower than you'd want, has a big impact on the animals uh, mm -hmm. that you're producing. And so how do you feed them? Uh, and that, of course, has a huge impact on our whole society. So um, I think it's really a critical uh, critical area that we need to be thinking about and one that um, I, I do think is, is of course, the Midwest uh, is, is, has a particular impact on what's happening uh, here in the Midwest because we are such a remarkable producer of agricultural products. And that is the whole chain, that water uh, and, and the lack thereof, of course, has, a, an, has an impact on the entire uh, agricultural food chain. So uh, I, I see that it does have a big impact uh, financially and uh, economically, certainly, on, on the Midwest and, and therefore on, on our farmers who are doing so much to help this great country. I also, too, have a relationship with farming. My my grandpa, my best friend, my boyfriend, they're all farmers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, not only do I get to study drought at work, I get to uh, understand how it's affecting farmers um, in my daily life. So oh. it's just kind of surrounded my entire life currently. <laughs> so you have some of those phone calls too, where you talk about exactly how much rain it was last night. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. That's, um, you would think that we're just like constantly small talk because we're constantly talking about the weather. <laughs> like, but it, you know, and I think people underestimate how important that quantity of, of rain is. Of course you don't because you both know and understand this. Um, uh, but I find it fascinating. I, I actually, can I, I had a question too, is, uh, yeah. you know, can you talk a little bit about your plots? Because when I visit the Bradford Farms, uh, what I find remarkable is you can look at a, a, at a plot and you'll see the variability in the plants, mm -hmm. right? And can you talk about what is producing that variability and how you're actually setting up your experiment to actually look at the variability in the plant growth? Yep. Yeah, so whenever I plant my field, I have 
um, currently the way I have my experiment set up, I have two different lines of corn. So they have two different abilities to handle drought. One we consider more drought sensitive and one we consider more drought tolerant. So you can kind of see a difference between those two. But also too, whenever they get towards the end of my experiment, I've really stressed out these plants. And so whenever corn plants get stressed, they start to curl their leaves. And so that's my favorite uh, when I can see that I've curled the leaves of my uh, stressed plants. It's kind of sad because they're all curled up, but uh, they're doing exactly what I needed them to do. They're stressed. And then uh, near them are well-watered plants uh, to serve as the control to make sure um, what I'm seeing in the drought stress is what I'm seeing. And so I have these happy green uh, photosynthesizing plants right next to these curled up stressed plants. So that's some of the other variability you see. And P Professor uh, Sharp, can you talk a little bit too about the level of uh, complexity in the technology that is actually being employed actually to look at uh, what's happening with these drought resistant plants? Yes, again, it's one of the advantages we have here at MU. We have uh, a great interdisciplinary strength in, in plant biology research. Um, so I was introduced as director of the interdisciplinary plant group on campus. Uh, this is a group of over 50 faculty and their research teams from multiple departments and divisions across uh, several colleges across campus. And um, we all have our own specialities, but uh, by working together in uh, teams, we can address complex problems. Um, many different complex problems of interest to the, to the faculty across the group. Uh, obviously my own speciality is on, uh, as I've said, on root growth regulation under drought, uh, but um, by having colleagues that can bring different disciplines and specialities to bear on that question, uh, we've put together uh, a, a team of seven faculty from MU um, that are, were funded by the National Science Foundation to study corn root growth under drought and in lab studies and extending to the field and Shannon is one of the graduate students as part of that team. So that interdisciplinary excellence um, across multiple uh, specialities within plant biology research allows us to come together to address complex problems. What are some alternate ways that Mizzou is translating its research to help Missouri and Missourians combat challenges kind of like drought? Because I know you're doing like drought workshops, is that correct? Okay, so um, yes. So as we've emphasized in this discussion this morning, drought is a very complex problem. So um, the overall research community uh, that a land-grant institution like the University of Missouri can, uh, can offer allows us to tackle these complex problems. So I, I've emphasized the uh, excellence and expertise in fundamental plant biology research, where that extends to animal biology research and through the... Uh, um, socio-economic aspects of the impacts of, of drought on the economy um, and ultimately uh, via distribution of uh, knowledge to the citizens of the state via the MU extension program and so that comprehensive nature of, uh, of the overall um, research community at MU um, really greatly facilitates tackling these sort of complex problems. Uh, within the within the plant biology research uh, area itself, uh, the interdisciplinary plant group, the IPG, provides uh, an internationally recognized center of excellence in plant research and education at MU. And this helps to recruit the best and brightest graduate students and faculty to the university. And that in turn helps us train and prepare the next generation of plant scientists who then uh, continue their careers uh, throughout the state, throughout the country, and in fact throughout the world. Also, similarly, the IPG uh, helps promote um, plant biology research and education at the university by in, uh, inviting and hosting uh, top flight scientists from around the world to visit campus. 
This is uh, particularly uh, via our, our annual international um, plant biology symposium that the IPG hosts every year. In fact, we just celebrated our 35th annual symposium. So uh, if you th multiply 35 by 20, 30 scientists that we brought in internationally over the years, th there's been huge exposure to the um, plant biology program at the university through that mechanism. Of particular relevance to our discussion today, um, the IPG will be hosting, as part of our annual symposium series, but will be hosting the International Society of Root Research meeting here in the summer of 2021. Uh, this is a major uh, meeting, obviously focused on root research, that's held somewhere internationally every three years or so. In fact, Shannon and I have both just returned from the uh, 10th meeting of the society that was held in Jerusalem in Israel just a few weeks ago, and it attracted about 350 uh, plant scientists from many countries around the world. So again, we'll be hosting that meeting here in 2021. You, you can see that we have uh, remarkable uh, scientists who are actually working on this at Mizzou. Uh, and one of the things that I'd like to emphasize too is that through extension, um, MU Extension, we provide a lot of resources that people can have access to. We have a drought monitor map, uh, drought impact reporter. Um, there's uh, a lot of information about the uh, through the Missouri Climate Center that actually shows local climate information. And it really is uh, allowing uh, a mechanism where people can ask uh, of their local extension officers uh, questions about what's going on and we can then get those people connected with some of these uh, specialists that we have on campus to actually give the best advice and uh, best information that we have available. Again, it's a way that uh, the University of Missouri is showing uh, how we're doing as much as we can for the, for the people of Missouri. And Bob, I am getting kind of some information that there's also going to be something where you're going to go to China to kind of perform or lay out your research or talk about your research. Yeah, so this is a broader extension of, of our activities. In fact, it's a so-called broad, broader impacts activity on the uh, National Science Foundation grant I was talking about a little earlier. Um, at, uh, in August, uh, a group of graduate students, postdocs and faculty, and uh, Dean Dalbert, Dean of the College of Agriculture, Food and Natural Resources, uh, will be joining us for a workshop um, in collaboration with China Ag University um, uh, a workshop in Beijing, but also at uh, a research center in uh, Gansu province, which is a, uh, in the northwest, a very arid area of China, where uh, water use efficiency is absolutely critical uh, for, for the continuation of agriculture in that semi-desert environment. And uh, so a group of us um, are, are traveling to China to experience that uh, firsthand, but also to provide an international experience for our graduate students uh, working in this area, but again to build partnerships um, with the, um, not just the plant uh, biology program, but broader agriculture, water-related interests in the College of Agriculture and at the university as a whole. So it's a great opportunity for the uh, university to uh, build a partnership with them. Um, we'd like to see that extend to uh, faculty and graduate, graduate student exchange programs, for example, in the coming years. And just a small tidbit on there. It's not quite as far away as China, but our group will be going to the state fair and interacting with fairgoers to explain why uh, why we study drought and why we study roots and kind of let them interact with some roots, kind of explain how they grow and um, hopefully get some kids or fairgoers excited about science and what we do here at Mizzou. Well, thank you all for being here today. Uh, one more thing before we all leave. What's the most terrifying word in nuclear physics? 
Uh oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oh yeah. So you were good. You're <laughs> Our audio engineer is Aaron Hay. Our featured music is Forest Park Rhapsody, composed by MU undergraduate and music composition major Ben Calagiovanni. You can find more information about Ben and his piece on the Inside Mizzou webpage. Make sure to join us next time and keep an eye out for the Chancellor's newsletter to stay on top of what's happening at Mizzou. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Inside Mizzou. See you around the columns.